Welcome to October and its theme, Playing with Paradox. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Who makes up this stuff? Good Lord, I thought at first, you know, what does this have to do with our spiritual walk together? What am I supposed to be sharing with you that relates paradox to our teaching that could possibly be of use to you, you know? Where's the connection? What's the significance? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Pee-wee. <laughs> so I started with the definition, right? I had to look it up because I'm like, oh, where is this going? Someone suggested when I get a theme for the month that I just can't resonate with, I just go back to one of the old science in my magazines and just pick a different theme. You know, go back to maybe the ones Ernest Holmes wrote in the 50s and everything. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good thing, right? But then I thought about, yeah, but that keeps me right in my comfort zone. Right? I'll just pull back something. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I can know how to talk about that. So I stuck with playing with paradox because it does. It forces you to grow. You've got to learn. You've got to look. I'm on my growing edge here. Anyway, so I started with the definition, and it said, paradox, apparently self-contradictory statement, the underlying meaning of which is revealed only by careful scrutiny. The purpose of a paradox is to arrest attention and provoke fresh thought. And I went, oh, okay, well, that's right up our alley, isn't it? <laughs> New thought, okay. So then they gave an example of paradox. And they said, in the, in, the, in the dictionary, it said, less is more is an example of paradox. And I thought, well, that's stupid. <laughs> less is less. <laughs> more is more, you know? I mean, go ahead, pay half of your electric bill and tell them, Less is more. <laughs> See what happens. Okay, so I had to go deeper, apparently. And then the deeper I went into it, the more questions I had about it. Did you ever do that? You research, you learn more about something, just leads to more questions. That's all it does, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson was doing an interview a couple of years ago, and he said, as the area of our knowledge grows, so too does the perimeter of our ignorance. Oh, well, thanks for that, Neil. <laughs> Yay. Okay, but see, that in itself is paradox, right? The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. So, so here's where it got me. It got me to ask this question. What is the greatest paradox in human nature? And what I came to was the paradox of doing things that are in total contradiction with our principles and beliefs is probably the most common paradox we, we run across. Paul recognized that, you know, a couple of thousand years ago when he said in the Bible, in, in Romans, he said, for the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do, right? I feel you, Paul. Right? Been there, done that. How many times, right? We know what the right thing is to do, but we don't do it. Hmm. So that's where I got to this week with the, the readings and the meditating and the, all that stuff. <laughs> I got to the place where paradox relates to our practice of our spiritual principles. We know what to do, but do we do it? We know what to do, but how often do we do it? We read, 
And we read and we read and we read the principles. But how much do we practice them? We know our favorite affirmations by heart, don't you? You know those affirmations by heart, but how many times do we repeat them? We know how much peace we feel when we meditate, but how much do we do it? We know how much an active practice of this philosophy can change our lives, but how much do we commit to it? Right? The stuff I shouldn't do, oh, that I do all the time, right? The stuff I should be doing, mm, not so much, right? I know, I know when I keep my, my vibrational frequency at its highest through my spiritual practice that I absolutely feel better. I know when I stay in the present moment, each moment I see miracles around me all the time. I know, I absolutely know when I make my spiritual practice the priority in my life, my life works better. It just does. So then the question is, why do we fall away? Right? We know this stuff is good, like Paul, right? I know what's good for me, I just don't do it. <laughs> or I don't do it as much as I should. Or I do the stuff I shouldn't do. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go, oh God, I'll never do that again. Yeah, but you do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know what we're talking about. Okay, so why do we fall away? Right? Why do, we re why do we forget? Why do we forget our holy selves? How do we get hypnotized by the effects of the world so that we forget the truth of first cause? It's all around us, it's in us, it's as us. Why is our response not always, there is good for me and I ought to have it? Right? When confronted with conditions that may look contrary. Why do we always, well not always, but why do we fall into unbelief? The unbelief of laziness or doubt or fear that our lives will never be anything more than what they are right now, right? So it's easy to see that paradox, that paradox that exists at the center of our spiritual practice. We are limiting ourselves, we are limiting our experience by using the very power which can free us, right? Because that's all there is. Ernest Holmes said, we must realize that the nature of being is such that we cannot attain our highest concept of personality other than by identifying our personality with this universal wholeness. We have to accept the fact that we're greater than we think we are. We are greater than these little individual bodies that are running around trying to do stuff. We cannot be our highest and best self by ourselves, just alone, little island in the stream. We have to identify that within us is this power greater than we are. It's not about limiting or eliminating our ego, our personalized identification. It's not about calling the ego bad or trying to demolish it or anything like that. It's about aligning it, aligning it, our individualized selves with a power and a presence in universal mind. And that we realize we are some aspect of that power and presence. 
we must realize we are some aspect of that power and presence. And this, is, and this is what it means when Jesus said in Matthew, for whosoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We surrender up the little. We give up my life, the, individ, you know, the isolated I-ness, the me-ness. We, we surrender it up for the Christ consciousness, the greater part of us that is in us. We remember surrender is that root word render, right? Like render up unto Caesar. Render, we render up our littleness to this power and presence within us who, who then allows us to shine, right, our Christ consciousness in the world. We render up our littleness for this gigantic, you know, for this limitless identity of the Christ consciousness which exists within us as well. It is in there. It is in each one of us. It's in every one of us. Remember that song? Okay. It is. In Lessons in Spiritual Mind Healing, Ernest Holmes said, because the whole of spirit is present at the point of our attention, it follows the entire creative power of the universe is being individualized through that attention. So you give your attention to something, the entire of the universe focuses that on that point of your attention. This fact is of such tremendous importance, it should be thoughtfully considered over and over and over again. It is the key to demonstration. It is the key to us demonstrating the conditions in, the in our lives that we wish to demonstrate. He says it right there. It is the key to demonstration. Understanding that when we focus our attention on something, the entire creative power of the universe is focused on that because you are. We align, we allow, and the demonstration flows into form through us. We're the conduit. We are not the power. The power and the, the, power and the presence has existed eternally, right? Always has been, always will be, just like, you know, energy. Oh, we didn't make it up. We didn't make it. We don't own it. We don't have the patent for it, and we don't have the copyright. It is a power and presence that has always existed, always will be. We focus it with our attention, and it flows through us into whatever that condition is. We are the conduit. We are not the power. We are the instrument. We are not the music. Music flows through us. We are the appliance, <laughs> if you feel like it. We're the appliance. We're not the electricity. Right? Unplug your toaster or your blender and then, and then see it work. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. It's not plugged in. Nothing happens. It has to be plugged into source. Same thing with us. We have to be plugged into source. Now, the truth is, source is already within us. I know that. And around us and through us and as us. It's all around. But we could ignore it and deny it and go on our merry way as isolated little beings. But we know... Life works when we're plugged in, just like our blender or our toaster. Same with us. By ourselves, we do nothing. And that's the story over and over and over again, isn't it? By ourselves, we do nothing. We allow. We allow things. Through God, all things are possible. We don't make things happen. We make them welcome. That's what Ernest Holmes said. We don't make things happen. We make them welcome. We align with, and then we welcome. 
And then we don't have to worry that, uh, we don't have to worry about big, big demonstrations, or we don't have to worry about difficult demonstrations, because they don't come through our dogged determination of making things happen. They flow through us. They flow through us from source. We don't have to try really hard, right, to pray, because this is a really big prayer. I'm really wanting this one to come through. We just have to open up and receive. We have to come to rely on the source, rely on the source and supply to flow through us. We must allow ourselves to be used by spirit. When, who's, whose song is that? Isn't that mm, Ricky Byers, right? Use me? I think that's hers, right? Use me? We must allow ourselves to be used by spirit, to allow it to flow through us and change conditions around us based on our most predominant thought. Ernest Holmes, uh, in a talk he gave to a second year student, said, I have a strange theory. He had a lot of strange theories. But anyway, he said, I have a strange theory that everyone is here for a purpose of the evolution of his, their own soul and the unfoldment of their own consciousness, the enlightenment of their own mind, and the emancipation of their own spirit. Now, this sounds very selfish and self-centered, but it isn't, because on the road of attainment, whatever we might call it, we discover that we have no soul, and we have no mind, and we have no spirit. This is the paradox that there is only one, there is only one in which we live and move and have our being. And the pulsation of the infinite life is our heartbeat. The rhythm of the eternal spirit is our harmony. The omniscience of the everlasting mind is our intelligence. And even our body, physically, is but an instrument of that which is in, through, and around everything. Lift the rock, and you will find me there. Cleave the wood, and there am I. Everything, everything, everything around us is holy. It is spirit in form, and as are we, as are we. And when we speak our word, as the I am, the full force of the universal power and presence moves through us into manifestation. <sighs> and another paradox, right? The more we let go of our attachment to getting things done, the more things get done through us, right? Emma, Emma Curtis Hopkins used to say, um, you know, a, a spirit, uh, uh, I invite spirit to will and to do through me that which needs being done by me. The more we surrender our earthly power to spiritual presence, the more powerful we become. And it's not power over things or over people. It is power to manifest the life we desire. The more we release our constant judgment, the more unconditionally we love ourselves and everything else in the universe.
This is the paradox of our time. The more we let go, the more we receive. The less we judge, the more we love. Mm. The more we surrender, the more, we, more powerful we become. I love, that. I love that quote from Ernest Holmes. Is it a strange theory? No, I think it's kind of truth, isn't it? It's kind of a truth. He was very, very serious about. There is only one life. It is God's life. We are living it. We have identified, individualized, and created a persona, but the energy is God's. The spirit is God's. This life is God's. What are we going to do with it? Thank you. Thank you for listening. At Vision, a center for spiritual living, we transform lives through practical spirituality. Please donate to Vision by visiting our website, visioncsl.org, or text to 619-505-3359.